Hey everybody and welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 25. I'm your host, Stephen Westaway. Finals are one week away. The start of the NRL final series is going to be exciting and we've got plenty to discuss today on the show. I wanted to release this episode on Tuesday afternoon. I recorded 51 minutes of content, but unfortunately the audio was lost in trying to upload it. So that 51 minute conversation I had with myself is riveting, I assure you, and I'm looking forward to talking about it all again today and hopefully doing a better job than I did originally, but no one will ever know. So, uh, But I really want to tee off today on the Latrell Mitchell incident that's been gripping the rugby league world. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think the media has really blown it out of proportion the last few days, and the focus should be on who's going to take fourth spot on the ladder and who's going to be the final uh, team entering the 2021 final series. Who's going to get the eighth position because we had the Canberra Raiders the Cronulla Sharks, and the Gold Coast Titans all fighting it out for that last spot. And at the moment, the Cronulla Sharks will be the team that takes it out if the results uh, don't mean the ladder changes uh, for round 25. So there's a lot to discuss, and I want to get straight to it. But before we do, I just want to thank everybody that's listened to the show this year in 2021. It's been another trying year. I hope everybody out there staying safe with the latest COVID-19 variant, the Delta strain, New South Wales in particular, has really been affected by it, and we've pretty much closed everything down here in New South Wales in Australia. So, um, you know, we'll get through this together, and the show had bigger plans this year. I wanted to get more guests on the show. I did manage to get Matt Cosaru, so I want to send a special thanks to him. He was a great guest to have, a great inaugural guest, but hopefully next year we can really open it up and, you know, talk about a lot of different things and have a lot of different opinions on the show, but... If you guys listened to the show three or four weeks ago, I did tell you guys of some plans. I want to get uh, tips from a non-rugby league fan every week, and I bet you they end up scoring higher than me because usually the person in a footy-tipping comp that knows nothing about rugby league usually ends up going very well. I also want to do a player's profile section for the legends of the game, and I want to do a classic match segment, and both of those will alternate uh, one per fortnight. So... You know, it's it's going to be exciting next year, and hopefully we can start off early and really tee off and get my predictions for who I think uh, will finish where and, and give a season preview for each and every team. So it's going to be exciting next year, but I want to thank everybody that supported me along the way. In particular, Jake Barracosa has been a great supporter. Um, we've got Matt Cosgrew, who I've already thanked, Aaron Mann, Luke Rimmer, Mike Jones, everybody uh, that supports the show over in Papua New Guinea. You guys have been fantastic as well. Kane Hopper's been another good uh, contributor, and so has uh, a bunch of people, and uh, you know, I can't thank everybody, but Matt Dupont's been another good contributor, um, Nathan has been really good as well, so you guys know who you are, but thanks for everybody that supported the show this year, and hopefully we can get into bigger and brighter things in 2022. So we're going to get into my predictions, I'm going to tell you by the end of the show who I think is going to finish 8th, and who I think is going to finish ninth, and who I think is going to finish 10th. We've got those huge games to preview in round 25, as I said, I don't want to go too long with this next bit, but I want to tee off on the whole Latrell Mitchell controversy that's gripped the rugby league world in the past week. And it all started on Friday night, obviously. And a bit of background for you guys. The Rabbitohs Roosters game that has been played now since 1908 has been the longest rivalry in rugby league. And, you know, usually in between, you know, the probably the 50s to the 90s, it was a real big brother versus little brother mentality. And the fact that Souths had been so successful, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters were pretty successful, but not on the lengths of their, of their big brother, so to speak. And then the Rabbitohs exited the comp in 99, controversially, end up coming back in 2002. And then the real weight of that battle really shifted. The Roosters 
in the 80s and 90s really became a powerhouse thanks to Nick Politis and they had a bunch of money to spend and they became the big brother. South were the underdogs fighting to, you know, stay alive in the NRL. And uh, over the last 10 years, both teams have had, you know, several uh, successful seasons, winning multiple premierships. The Roosters, the Rabbitohs won the 2014 premiership. So it's been a back and forth battle. Lately, the Rabbitohs have gotten the results and Latrell Mitchell was a player that won two premierships at the Roosters, then signed with the Rabbitohs. So it was always going to be a heated affair last Friday night. And for those that don't know the incident that I'm referring to, and I don't know how you wouldn't know if you've seen any rugby league program, if you looked on a newspaper, if you tuned into the news and they got to the sports coverage, then you'd know that Latrell Mitchell went for an aggressive tackle on Joseph Manu when the game was on the line uh, last Friday night. And... You know, the Rabbitohs end up winning that game 52-12, to 12, but he's gone into that tackle and, you know, he's he's ran from a, a mile away and really tried to injure Joseph Manu, like you do uh, when you're competing in a tackle. He tried to shut him down and, and hit him with a physical tackle. Unfortunately, it all went wrong and he's clipped him um, flush onto the on the head and, and ended up breaking Joseph Manu's cheekbone. Manu's then gotten up after nothing's happened. For a, uh, for a minute or two, the, the game's played on. He's got up and confronted Latrell Mitchell, uh, which has just led to Latrell Mitchell getting sin bin. A lot of people thought he should have got sent off, and he's now having serving a six-week fine. It could have been nine weeks, but he will not be playing uh, for six weeks. He's got that six-week suspension. So um, it was a huge incident for sure. A lot of people were saying, uh, you know, it should have been a send-off. I am not off that of that opinion, but... Uh, I think that this year the the rules have been so inconsistent on what a send-off is and what isn't a send-off. And we had that crackdown from Magic Round and that lasted a month or two. And then it's now it's back to what it was in Round 1 and 8. And no one really knows what rules to make at the correct time. And the referees have been heavily scrutinized. And I think it's been unfair because they're pretty much like everybody else. They do not know what decisions to make in certain situations and because the rules have been changed so much that it's just so inconsistent that you never know what call you're going to get on the field out there so um something needs to change for sure and you know before i really get into this i just want to say i am a south sydney rabbitoh supporter so when i say i don't think it should be a send-off a lot of people are going to go well you're just being a biased south sydney rabbitoh supporter and I try to look at everything from a non-biased point of view, and it's true that I don't like the Sydney Roosters. We've got that rivalry, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters fans, and I'm not a fan of them. But in my opinion, Latrell Mitchell should not have got sent from the field because the word that I've heard a lot over the last week is intent, and a lot of people think that he intentionally out there went out there to rip his head off. Now, I do think Latrell Mitchell intentionally went into that tackle to injure Joseph Barnu, but not illegally, and I think it's all went wrong because he's charged into the tackle, um, his tackling technique at the best of times isn't the greatest, Latrell Mitchell, and he's totally timed it wrong, and it was reckless, it was uh, unjustified, it was illegal, it was high, and he got what he deserves. He deserves to spend six weeks on the sideline. But for me, I do not like send-offs, if I can help it, that affect the game. Now, he got him flush. A lot of people are outraged by it and saying, well, if you don't send that off, what is a send-off? I'm just not a big fan of send-offs, you know, in general, but if we're going off the rules that, and if we were still in the rules from the crackdown of lock, uh, of Magic Round for the next couple of months, then if we're keeping consistent with what the game is established in 2021, yeah, it probably should have been a send-off, but the fact that the NRL has, you know, softened their stance on this whole crackdown incident and, and, and business means that 
the referees are, are perplexed in terms of what decisions to make at what time. And it's not a good image for the game. There needs to be some consistency, especially now heading into the 2021 final series. There's got to be some sort of consistency across the board. And hopefully the referee boss, Graham Ennisley, and a bunch of people in power there at the NRL are, are sorting it out before we get in the finals because it could be a huge story if something like this happens in one of the finals matches. It's already been a huge story now. And... Um, Latrell Mitchell deserves the suspension that he's got, and he he really needs to change um, how he approaches certain situations. No one wants to see the aggression and and the and how focused he is in games. No one wants to see that rubbed out of the game because that aggression and the crowd's excitement. But you need a controller. It needs to be a controlled aggression. You can't be missing ten to twelve games a year for the South Sydney Rabbitohs um, and and doing it in big game situations because it's going to cost you side and. He faces now uh, scrutiny to the likes of someone like Sam Burgess used to get, Adrian Morley, and in modern times, Luke Thompson or Jack Heverington, that if anything's going to go wrong in that footy field now, because of the loading that Latrell Mitchell has, he's going to face scrutiny in anything that he does wrong at all, and he's going to now risk potentially being rubbed out of the game from small incidences. So he needs to really take this off-season and get his head screwed on right, Come back and just concentrate on his footy. Don't let any of that other outside noise influence him. Uh, I feel sorry for Joseph Manu. Hopefully he's all right. I heard the surgery went well because he was an innocent bystander and all this. He didn't deserve to get his, you know, his his cheekbone fractured at all. And he's been one of the Roosters' best players this year. Understandably so. Trent Robinson was really upset in the in the post match press conference. I want to touch on his comments now because a lot of what Trent Robinson said was justified in terms of the lack of consistency by the bunker and if the bunker can't do their jobs right, then get rid of them. I can understand Trent Robinson's frustration, but he got fined 20 grand and up to 40 grand. Uh, the whole side did, including Jared Rahir Hargraves. He was standing on the sideline and really egging Latrell Mitchell on and really trying to have words with him after the game. Um... But to be honest with you, he should have, they, they all should have been fine because Trent Robertson knows that he cannot be calling out referees by names and he know he probably knew going into the press conference that he was going to get fined, but he thought it was worth the fine and he obviously said his piece, but I took some really um, big issues with what Trent Robertson said in certain parts of that press conference. You, He was very strong on his stance in the bunker and into the fact that he called out Ashley Klein, but in particular Henry Perinama, who was up in the bunker that night and... Uh, basically said that if you can't do the job right, get get out of there. And he really had a scathing attack on Henry Perinama. Now, now he had to get fined for that because Henry Perinama, um, he's just a, an official like everybody else. He missed the situation. I think the official rules state you have up to two minutes after the incident to look at the incident. So I don't even think that two minutes was fully up. Um, in saying that, I do think that Henry definitely did miss what happened. It should have been addressed earlier. But... Trent Robinson's come out here and really gone on full blast and and got straight into Henry, Henry Perinama and, and told him what he thought of him. But that actually hurts his reputation, and that could drive another official away from the game. He got stood down for the weekend, the rest of the weekend after that incident. He's been stood down for around 25. He probably won't be involved in refereeing for the rest of the year, and it's costing him his, you know, his, his living situation. He's... 
he's just working like everybody else and you're really hurting his well-being and um the you know the threats and everything that Henry's had to deal with the past week I just think Trent Robertson's got to be more aware of that we don't want to lose more officials to the game and he was just trying to do his job at the time so um I think that you know you, you can't go calling out referees and he deserved a big fine Trent Robertson that's what he got in terms of the rest of his comments he's saying that the bunker and the referees have a bias against the Roosters. Mate, nobody's got a bias against the Roosters. I think what Wayne Bennett said in his press conference, he didn't talk much about the Latrell Mitchell incident, but what he said in terms of the Roosters is spot on. Trent Robertson's got a bunch of players like Latrell Mitchell that let the aggression out at wrong moments, like Hargraves, like Victor Radley, and you can't be outraged by one incident and pretty much laugh off and... and you know, disregard another one when Victor Radley does something stupid that could potentially seriously injure another player. You, you can't be a hypocrite and, and be there in the press conference. You've got to look at it from both angles. And I think that, as I said, Latrell Mitchell's suspension was completely justified, but Trent Robertson's comments in that post-match presser were hypocritical. And, uh, you know, while I agreed with what, a lot what, about what he was saying, you can't call out referees and he can't, call out incidents if you're going to blatantly ignore incidents that your players do. So that's my opinion on the whole Latrell Mitchell incident. I don't want to get too far into it. A lot of people are ruling out uh, the Rabbitohs from winning this premiership. And I would admit it's a significant blow to the Rabbitohs premiership chances. But they do have a young player called Blake Taft that's going to be playing fullback this week and most likely into the final series. You can't replace the X factor of a, of a superstar like Latrell Mitchell. But what you can do is you can bring in a completely different player like Blake Taft. He's a hard worker. I think his defense at the back is probably actually an improvement from Latrell Mitchell. We saw Nathan Cleary really terrorizing uh, Latrell with those bombs a couple of weeks ago in that Penrith Rabbitohs game. And I think that he'll add a bit more reinsurance in, in defense at the back there. And I think that what he adds is his work rate and the opportunities that he can help his playmakers with. He basically plays like an extra half out there from fullback. I think it would actually be a benefit to the South Sydney Rabbitohs in a different way, something different to what Latrell Mitchell adds. But obviously, they're going to be missing that X factor. It's going to be really interesting to see how they go throughout this final series. But, you know, Latrell's going to learn his lesson. Hopefully he does. Or he definitely risks being rubber-stamped out of the game of rugby league, and no one wants to see that. All right, we're going to get into round 25 now, and it's a huge round of footy. Cronulla, Canberra, and Gold Coast are all fighting for their seasons. Manly are fighting for that top four spot. So let's get into all the action of round 25 now. All right, it's time for the portion of the show where we discuss all the games for this weekend. And the action kicks off on Thursday night. Before we get to it, please remember to like Steve's NRL Free Tips on Facebook. If you haven't, I think we're about over the 600 mark now. So all the support's appreciated. If you uh, listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Tell me what you think of the show. Even if you don't listen on Apple, please uh, let me know what you think of the show. Do you enjoy it? What would you like to see change next year? Let me know and we'll discuss it. And hopefully I can uh, introduce some of the changes that you'd like to see on the on this podcast. So, uh, all right, let's get into the Round 25 action now. It all kicks off on Thursday night from BB Print Stadium up there in Queensland when the Canberra Raiders host the Sydney Roosters. And this shapes as a massive game to start the round. Canberra Raiders, their season's on the line. They need Cronulla to lose, and they need to win this game to make the 2021 finals. It's been a mixed year for them, obviously. Um, the George Williams departure at the start of the year led to turmoil within the club. 
They haven't really um, been able to look like the Canberra of old, but they've the last month or two they've really had a go and um, you know got back to to playing some decent football. And they're versing a Sydney Roosters side um, that last week against the Rabbitohs, where they were completely humiliated off the park. It was a terrible performance. Fifty-two to twelve was the final score. At one point, the game was twenty-four to twelve, and it looked like they could mount a bit of a comeback, but they were completely outclassed. They suffered a couple more injuries, obviously, last week as well. The most notable being Joseph Manu with that whole incident with Latrell Mitchell that I've already covered. Uh, they do welcome back a few stars this week. Uh, the Roosters, in particular, Hargraves and Josh Morris, both playing. Mackie Kavar, who's back, and so is Adam Keegan. But I really think that this Roosters team is starting to run on fumes. It's been a huge season for them. So many season-ending injuries that you can almost make a 17 um, a stronger 17 just on their injured players. And obviously, Brett Morris, Boyd Gordon, and Jake Friend, they've all retired. They're gone. So it's really a new era for this Roosters side. They're obviously going to be welcomed back by the likes of Luke Keery and co. next season. But I think that the time where the Roosters will be winning matches is basically over. They could get through week one of the finals, but I think that they're in trouble whether they're versing Newcastle or versing the team that come eighth, they are in real danger of being eliminated next week. And I think Trent Robertson knows that uh, they get Angus Crichton back as well this week, but they are basically naming the most full-strength side they can possibly muster this week. to try to get some form to head into the finals. Sam Walker's been beaten up in his first year of first grade. He's been tough and he's played some great football, but it's been a very physical year for him. So Trent Robertson's put him back on the bench this week in the 14 jersey. Um, I think just to give him a bit of a spell before the first week of finals, I think he'll be back to starting next week. But this Roosters side, as I said, they're running on fumes. They're, they're working hard for each other, and you know they're, they're trying their arse out out there, but they just don't have the skill to match up with a lot of other sides. Um, this game's shaping up to be a very important game for their season, as well as it is for Canberra, who Canberra, they were down 16-0 in that Warriors game last Friday night. They scored a try just at halftime. I believe it was Bailey Simonson that scored it. And that try really helped their second-half performance and get it together and end up winning that game to keep their season alive on the back of a game-winning try by Jordan Rapiner. And, you know, he's been their best player this year, so he deserves it. But usually they struggle in second halves. So it was really good to see uh, Ricky Stewart's boys go out there and and change that and, and come back in the second half and end up winning that game. But also worrying, apart from, you know, their usual second half fades, it wasn't that last week. It was their first half. And, and the way they started that game, they need to come out of this game and uh, really start on strong and really try to put the foot on the neck of the Roosters really need their forwards to aim up against the likes of Hargraves and Croydon because that is the Roosters strength and if the Raiders can get over their forwards early they can score some early points and really uh, be in a position to win this football game but this is shaping up to be potentially the, the game of the round to start the week and it could go either way I actually think that the Raiders and, and are going to be up for this one I think Ricky's going to have them fired up ready to play for their season Matt Frewley did a decent job at halfback last week, but we still need to see the best from Jack Wyden. He was last year's Dalian medalist. This year hasn't gone to plan, but he's the X factor that someone like Latron Mitchell for Seahawks adds and, and Tedesco and Manu add for the Roosters, that if he fires, they're going to be very hard to stop. Nickel Klonstak's back at fullback. Um, he's starting again this week after uh, a late change last week, and if there are any chance of doing anything in this in this finals, which I think there are a chance of either upsetting the, the Eels or the Roosters, whoever they'll play in week one of the finals next week, if they were to make it, 
then you need to have a good performance here and, and really go into the finals with some momentum. It's a must win for them. I think they'll step up to the mark, and I think the Raiders will take this one. I've got the Raiders by 10 points. I just think that the Roosters, they've been brave, but there's just nothing left in the tank, and and their season is unfortunately going to meet its untimely end next weekend. So I've got the Raiders by 10 points in this one. Which that result leads us into Friday Night Football and it really puts the pressure on the Cronulla Sharks. Because the Canberra Raiders win tonight, they'll find themselves in 8th position at the end of the night. And it'll really put the pressure on Cronulla to win their game to make the finals. And they've got the Melbourne Storm. It's the Cronulla Sharks versus the Melbourne Storm from 6pm Friday night at Seabus Super Stadium. Cronulla... They were good against the Broncos last week. I tipped Brisbane for an upset, but they proved that they are going to fight every tooth and nail to try to get this final spot locked up. And one of my great mates, Jake Varicosa, has been critical of me for the past month for not backing Cronulla and not believing in the the blue, black, and white. But, um, you know, for me, I... I still have serious problems about where their X-Factor comes from. They've got Matt Moylan back starting this week, but I think that Luke Metcalf did a great job. He's gone back to 14. Him and Trindle are playing out of their skins. Will Kennedy's been a good X-Factor at the back there. I still have question marks over their forwards and their ability to compete in games, and they seem to let in a lot of soft points. They're versing a Melbourne side this week that, well, they're 19 game winning streak came to an end last week and it was a shocking end. The Eels just completely out infused them. It was a great performance by Parramatta. Melbourne have looked off for a month or two now and Cameron Munster said that they needed a loss heading into the finals in his opinion to get up and win this premiership. I don't think Craig Bellamy would be too concerned about the loss last week but he definitely wants to see some more effort this week heading into the finals and um, he hasn't changed his game plan. He's resting eight players this week uh, Craig Bellamy, which really helps Cronulla's chance in this game. And their superstars that he's dressed in. Munster, Welsh, Kafusi, Bromwich, Adokar, Bromwich, Smith, and Eisenhuff all missing. Even without eight of their regular starting 13 um, playing in this game, you look at their lineup and it's still very impressive. Pat Housen's back at fullback and he needs a huge game this week because Nico Hines is really knocking down the door to be starting fullback next week. Unfortunately for Pat Housen, um, he was on fire when that concussion happened in Magic Round, and I think he might have come back too early because he is not the same Ryan Pabhaus when we saw pre-concussion. He seems to be second-guessing a lot of what he's doing, and his running game isn't completely right, and unfortunately, they can be lingering um, symptoms of a concussion. He seems to have a lack of confidence, and you know he's the Clive Churchill winner last year, and he's a great player, but you know you don't want to you don't want to risk losing a player due to, to the ongoing concussions and not being able to get their confidence back. So Craig Bellamy's got a big decision to make there, but he's full back this week, so hopefully he can get back to some form. Hines and Hughes will be the halves this week, which is still a great halves combination. I think Nico Hines might play 5-8 uh, at Cronulla next year. And they've still got the likes of Nelson and Sofa Solomona, Dale Finucan, and the 1-2 combo of Brendan Smith and Harry Grant in the forwards for Melbourne. And you know how electric... Uh, the Cheese and Harry Grant can be out of dummy half. So Cronulla, they've got a big test ahead of them. They're full strength. I personally think that regardless of whether they make the finals or not, this year will be looked back for the Cronulla Sharks as a rebuilding and a year for them and a refocus year as they shift towards the um, John Morris era. We obviously know the story of how he kind of 
got shafted at the start of the year. Josh Henney's done a decent job as the interim coach, but really a shift as they work towards the Craig Fix given era, which I think they can have huge success in. Of course, they're getting a few of Melbourne stars in this game for Nukin and Nico Hines there next year, but I just don't feel like even if they make the finals, they can do particularly any damage. And I think that Melbourne's side that they're naming on paper is a lot better than... A lot of pundits are giving it credit for it. They've still got Kemo Kamika and Asofa Solomona as their starting front rowers. Aaron Penier and Chris Lewis have done a great job this year. They're the, um, they're the starting second rowers, and they've got a, a promising uh, bunch of young guns on the bench there for them. So for me, I'm going Melbourne for the upset. And if Melbourne win this game and, and Canberra win like I'm predicting tonight, then that will spell the end of Cronulla's season, unfortunately. And I think it's a season where, you know, a lot of these young guys have come through and played really good football. Trindle, Metcalf, um, Teague Wilson's been really good for them. Blake, uh, Blake Braley's had a great season again. But it's one that is going to be looked back as a transition year uh, before their shift of coach, before Craig Fitzgibbons gets there. And I'm sorry, Jake Barracosa, I know I'm going to get probably an abusive message after you, after you listen to this show, but I've got the Melbourne Storm in this game by six points. It could go away. As I said, Melbourne are... Are missing a lot of stars, and their focus is on week one of the finals, whether they're minor premiers or not, and this game's going to have huge ramifications if they lose. If they lose this game, all Penrith have to do is win to get the minor premiership, and then instead of versing Manly next week, Melbourne will actually go to a 2v3 battle versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but I don't think Craig Bellamy's too worried about who he's versing next week. I think he's all about giving his players a rest, getting them refocused, and ready to go uh, for round one of the finals, and unfortunately for Granola, I think that they're going to be the victim of a Melbourne Storm team that lost last week. And how often does the Melbourne Storm lose two games in a row? Not very often. And I think, unfortunately for Cronulla, they're going to pay the price for that. I got Melbourne by ten points in by six points. Sorry, in this game, I said six. I'll stick with six. I think it will be a tight game. As the first game had a direct impact on the second, so will the second on the third. The second of a doubleheader at Seabus Super Stadium, which the first game will take place at also on Friday night, sees the Parramatta Eels versus the Penrith Panthers. And if the Sharks get over the storm in the first game of the night, then Penrith are playing for the minor premiership. And they've responded in kind. They named the full-strength side for this weekend's game against Parramatta. Parramatta, on the other hand, have rested a bunch of their stars. Clint Guffson, Junior Paulo... Nikore, Mitchell Moses, and Wonga Blake all will be missing the game, getting rested for their do-or-die elimination game next week. It shows you that Brad Arthur's given up on his pursuit of a top-four finish with Manly versus the Cowboys, and the fact that Manly have named their full-strength side as well, meaning that the Cowboys most likely are not going to provide the upset that, that Parramatta will be hoping for. So they've really focused in on winning next week's do-or-die match, whether it will be against Newcastle or against uh, the team that runs eighth. And to, to their credit, Ivan Cleary, I, I'm not sure if it's only for the minor premiership, but he's named their full-strength side. Uh, Nathan Cleary um, and co, they struggled at the start of the last week against the Tigers. They were pretty bad in the first half, but they really got it together. Cleary showed his composure. Tavita Pengai Jr. was absolutely outstanding from the bench, and they're ready for a huge final series. There, A lot of people's picked to win the premiership, and it's interesting that while Craig Bellamy's resting a host of his stars... Clear he's going for the full strength side. Maybe he's not completely satisfied with how the team's playing, or maybe he just wants to keep the momentum going and get this full strength squad playing with each other as much as they possibly can pre-finals. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go this weekend against the Parramatta side that's almost reserve grade level in type. Will Smith's actually their captain this week, and 
that's an interesting decision. They got Hayes Perriman at fullback, Jake Arthur's in a halfback, and it's an interesting tactic when you think from the Brad Arthur point of view as well. They were fantastic last week against Melbourne. Let's take nothing away from Parramatta. They broke the streak. Uh, they broke the 19-in-a-row winning streak. They're the only team to beat the Storm two games this year, two times this year, and the only other team to beat them this year is the Pender Panthers. They were outstanding. They out-enthused them. Um, they they competed and everything. Uh, Mitchell Moses' kicking game was pretty good. Guffo was doing his thing. It was just an all-round performance by the Parramatta Eels, which we know they're capable of, but a lot of times in September, we don't see it, and it goes missing. So for him to rest all his stars this week for this match against the Premiership heavyweight favourite, maybe he's coming at a point where he doesn't want any injuries before the finals, but I'd think that they want to carry that momentum against Melbourne into a huge performance against Penrith, and with the team that he's named this week, Arthur, I don't know if that's possible, and if I'm Ivan Cleary, I know that he wants the full-strength side playing together. He probably has one eye on the minor premiership as well, but because this Eels team's resting so many stars, I'd be inclined to maybe rest one or two as well. Do you really risk Nathan Cleary in this game unless he really wants that Dalian medal? Would you risk him? Because I think they can rest him and still win this game, to be honest with you. So, um, unfortunately for Parramatta... I don't think they're going to be able to carry that momentum of that Melbourne Storm victory into this week because they've rested all their players. It'll be interesting to see if they can carry it into the elimination final next week. But I've got Penrith being way too strong on this side. It's men against boys, basically, when you look at the two lineups and, and how different both their sides are. Jacob Arthur was, you know, pretty much exposed as not being ready for first grade earlier this year. And I think that the, Eel, uh, the Panthers are going to make, you know, make him look like you know, an amateur in this game, because if you got Cleary lined up against Arthur, stop the fight. It's only, it's only going to be pain for the Parramatta Eels. I've got Penrith by 26 points in this game, and potentially winning the minor premiership. If Melbourne can't get over Cronulla, then Penrith will be the minor premiers, and that really opens the door up for this comp and the potential matchups we can get in the final series. So it's going to be an interesting one on Friday night. And we are up for my favourite time of the week now. It's Super Sunday, and it is the last and final Super Saturday of the year. Of course, next week, we are going to get two games on a Saturday. So it's a mini Super Saturday. But, you know, the three games, it ends here. And some of these teams are going to be playing their last game of the season. On Saturday, the action all kicks off from Suncorp Stadium when the Brisbane Broncos first the Newcastle Knights. The Broncos will be playing their last game of the season. And the first half of the year was a disaster. They did manage to steal a couple wins here and then. But... Uh, Kevin Walters has really been able to instill some belief and some confidence into this playing group and they're really buying in to the message that he's he's selling at the moment and they're playing like a team, they're playing together and they're competing in every game. They didn't get the win last week against Cronulla but they fought to the very last minute and that's exactly what you want to see for a club that no, doesn't necessarily have the most star power in the world but what they've got is now an ability to to not give up in matches and to compete for 80 minutes. And I think Kevin Walters is going to be really proud of the progress that he's made to this Brisbane Broncos club over the past 12 months and the appointments of uh, Dave Donahue and Ben Eichen in the back office has really helped them as well. But I think they're going to be fired up and ready to go and, and ready to put in a big preseason. And I think that 2022 is going to be a very promising year for the Brisbane Broncos. Obviously, they get Adam Reynolds... Uh, coming into the club with a couple other players as well, but uh, I think that their fortunes are going to change next year, and I, I see I've seen significant 
progress in this Brisbane Broncos team in the second half of the year. But they're versing a Newcastle Knights side that are guaranteed to finish seventh place. And they have gone on a bit of a winning streak. They're flying a bit under the radar at the moment, Newcastle. They're not necessarily playing great football. And it took a Mitchell Pierce field goal to get over Gold Coast last week. But it just shows you that they have proven match winners in their side. The likes of... Clifford, Ponga, and uh, Mitchell Pearce are undefeated when playing together. That half combination of, of Pearce and Clifford is, is starting to fire, and they're in a position now where they're guaranteed seventh. They can just rest a few of their stars, really focus for next week, and potentially cause an upset to one of these teams that have been really good this year and failed to make the, the top four. If they versus the Roosters next week, for example, with the fumes that the Roosters are running, I think that are running on, I think that Parramatta, uh, sorry, I think that Newcastle can definitely cause an upset, and if, even if they verse Parramatta, I think they're more than capable in that game as well, so Newcastle for me, flying under the radar, they're a real hope this year, as I said, it wasn't pretty last week against the Titans, um, and their forward pack really failed to, to fire and get the momentum, um, this week, Newcastle resting a few of their stars, a few guys that have really worked hard this year, Highmore Hunt, Saifidi, Braley and Barnett, Saifidi, Braley, and Barnett have pretty much given their all to that forward pack this year, and they've all earned to rest before finals. It's interesting they're still going to play Ponga, Clifford Pierce, maybe to play them um, together as much as possible heading into the finals. They welcome back David Clemmer this week as well. Tyson Rizal line up for, for Newcastle, so it's still a pretty strong side on paper, and I think that Adam and Brian um, is going to be able to get them fired up for next week, and I think that they're going to be looking to play their best brand of football here and, and carry that momentum straight through to the finals. The Broncos aren't going to make it easy for them. As I said, they fight for every tooth and nail, but I think that... And I believe it's also going to be Alex Glenn's last game for Brisbane. He's retiring, and Xavier Coach is going to Melbourne next year, so they're going to have reasons to play Brisbane. But I just think that Newcastle, at the moment... Um, they're playing a pretty good brand of football. Uh, while they haven't perfected it, I think they're improving every week. And as I said, I think they're more than capable of uh, upsetting one of these bigger sides next weekend and, and making it to week two of the finals. So I've got Newcastle in this game by 14 points. I think Brisbane will put up a good fight, but I think near the end of the game, it might get a little bit away from them. Um, but still, as I said, Kevin Walters has plenty to be happy about in Brisbane's year this year. And I think he's got um, a big off-season planned. And I think that Brisbane have... Uh, a lot of potential heading into 2022. And the middle game of Super Saturday takes place from Queensland Country Bank Stadium at 5.30 when the North Queensland Cowboys host the Manly Seagulls. Manly have named a full-strength lineup for this game. They're fighting for a top-four spot. And if they get it, they'll either be versing Melbourne or potentially Penrith next weekend. And it's so important, the top-four spot. Obviously, all the NRL-era winners have come from the top four, and it gives you two chances... If you lose week one, you're not eliminated like you would be in fifth to eighth. So it's a very important thing, the top four. And I think Manly know that. I think Des has to know that. That's why he's named the full-strength side. They were pretty bad against the Bulldogs last week, especially in uh, that first half. They found themselves trailing 12 to 10 at halftime before getting it together and winning that game 36 to 18 on the back of Tom Tommy Turbo. Um, but yeah, they... I, I, They'd been up for so long, mainly. They'd been up for eight to ten weeks, and I think their only loss in that period has been against the Melbourne Storm. They knew a bad performance was coming, and I think it was better to get it out of the way before the final started. So I don't think Des Hazel would be too concerned about it. I mean, they still got the two points at the end of the day, and he knows. He's been there so many times in the past. He knows what it takes to get a team prepped for a grand final, and I think that Des Hasler knows that he would prefer to get that bad performance out of the way now 
dead in the first week of finals, and I think that's exactly what Manly did. So I think they're going to be ready for next weekend. They've named a full strength this uh, side this weekend. I don't know if they will play a full strength side. I think it'll be interesting to see um, on Friday the two players that are omitted because I think they've got more than enough against this Cowboy side. And it's an interesting move playing Tommy Turbo, that's for sure. But he had a, re- a rest a couple of weeks ago, I believe, and. Um, you know, he's still a chance for the Dalian medal, so that might be why they're playing, and I think that the way that this Manly side in general is playing, the fact that they're going to play so many of their stars, might be an indication that the more they play together, Des believes the more confidence they'll get um, heading into this final series, so I think they're going to be well and truly too much for this Cowboys side, who they broke a 10-game winning uh, losing streak last weekend with a win over the St. George Island Dragons. Great to see Tom Dearden play a starring role in it, considering he hadn't had a win as a starting halfback for 25 NRL appearances. But really, the only positive I can take out of the Cowboys season, the spot, uh, apart from that one-month kind of period where they started winning a bunch of games and went on the winning streak at the middle of this part of the season, is some of their young guys. I mean, Scott Drinkwater's been fantastic again this year. The Hammers really maturing as a first grader. Tom Dean's been good since he came over. And uh, someone like Helium Lukey, and uh, Mitchell Dunn, they've both been pretty solid this season as well. But I think it's going to be a long time to get this Bulldogs, uh, sorry, this Cowboys team back into a competitive side. And Todd Payton's got his work ahead of him. I think he's going to be under tremendous pressure next season. I just think they're not a chance in hell against this Manly side. I've got Manly winning this game by 40 points. And I think they're going to carry some huge momentum heading into the finals. And I don't know... Um, whether it's going to be enough to get them to upset even Melbourne or Penrith, but I think they're going to give it a real big fight, and I can't wait to see the Manly Seagulls game next week and see exactly uh, the mindset they're in, and especially Tommy Turbo, um, how how opposition teams going to stop him because he is one is in one of the best form streaks you will ever see in your life watching rugby league. So it's going to be crazy. And the fact that they've got three players that have scored over 20 tries this year is unbelievable. So I can't wait uh, to watch their finals game next week. But mainly, uh, more than capable of beating the Cowboys this weekend. They will do that, and they will wrap their spot up in the top four. And the final game of Super Saturday takes place when the South Sydney Rabbitohs host the St. George or Dragons from the Sunshine Coast Stadium up there in Queensland. The Dragons, well, they have not won a game since the barbecue incident earlier this year, and Anthony Griffin would be ripping his hair out right now because if they won three games after that incident, like three out of eight games, they looked almost certain to be in this year's final series. And that immature and stupid act at Paul Vaughan's house in Shell Harbour really put their season off rails. And, man, they're going to be lamenting what could have been all postseason and all preseason next year. So... The Dragons, they're going to say goodbye to a few of their stars um, or some of their servants. I don't know if I would say stars over the past couple of years. Corey Norman's going to play his last game. Matt Dufty looks like he's already done that. He's not even in the 21 this week. So they're really looking to the future now, the Dragons. And Tyrell Sloan and uh, Amone have been really bright sparks in this poor runner form that they've had since the barbecue incident a couple months ago. They're versing a Rabideau side that, uh, man... They've, they've rested so many players this week, the Rabbitohs, that they're almost naming an, an unrecognisable side. It's just, it's crazy. It's huge. And, you know, the, the Rabbitohs usually have the wood over the Dragons in these contests. They've won the last nine charity shields in a row. Um, they're usually up for these games. But let's look at their side. I mean, the, I'm going to read out the players that they're resting this week. And you tell me 
who's left to be playing. Um, Adam Reynolds is getting rested. Cook, Gagai, Latrell Mitchell, Liam Knight, Tom Burgess, Jai Arrow, Cam Murray, Alex Johnston, Cody Walker. Of course, Liam Knight and Latrell Mitchell are suspended. So there's a forced, and Latrell Mitchell will take no further part in the season. But they're left with a team that barely recon- is barely recognisable as a first-grade side. They've got uh, Taff, who's going to be the fullback heading into the finals. He's playing fullback this week. He gets a good test against the Dragons. Campbell Graham's still playing. Benji Marshall, Tavita Totola, Jacob Host, Jaden Sewer. Mark Nichols is their captain, but that's about it. That's about all the first-grade um, experience they have. They've got a young kid named Lachlan Elias. He's going to be the half's uh, partner to Benji Marshall this week. He's playing half-back. Uh, Peter Memazoulis comes back in at hooker, so they've got so much inexperience around their key positions that the Dragons could finally get a uh, a rear win uh, in the back half of the season against this this depleted South Sydney Rabbitohs side. But for me, Wayne Bennett knows what he's doing. He's given all these guys a spell before the season. It's been a huge couple months for them. They won 10 in a row there before losing the Panthers, and then it was a big performance against the Roosters last week. And with the emotion that was a in that game, obviously, with the whole Latrell Mitchell situation. Bennett knows he better calm him down and just get him refocused for the first week of finals where they're likely to verse Penrith. There's still that chance they might verse Melbourne. So they're going to have to be at their absolute best next week. And he needs to figure out how they cover the loss of Latrell Mitchell. But it's it's going to be a tough ask. And I think that Bennett knows that. And I think that he knew that a lot of these guys like Cook and Reynolds um, and Walker that have been up for so long, they just needed to spell... To, uh, to refocus and, and get their head right heading into uh, the Rabbitohs' biggest game of the year next weekend. And the Dragons, as I said, they're going to end their season extremely disappointed, but they could end it on a win because this Rabbitohs side is so inexperienced that that surely the Dragons can get up and potentially take the game. But the fact that I saw them blow a halftime lead against the Cowboys, who have been so poor this year, and the Cowboys came out and just blew them off the park and scored, I think it was three tries in five minutes last week, gives me no confidence tip in the Dragons, um, that I'm still going to lean the way of the Rabbitohs. I think a lot of these young guys that they're bringing in this week are going to be energetic and ready to play and, and try to earn a spot um, where you know they might feature at some point in the finals. Tane Milne has a big game, so does Jackson Paulo this week, because especially if Alex Johnston goes back to fullback, then that opens up some wing spots, but they're potentially fighting for that other wing spot that Josh Mansell um, vacated when he got injured in that game against Penrith a couple of weeks ago. So there's players that are definitely fighting for, for, for positions in this game, and I think we might even see uh, some Benji Marshall Brewings and some Blake Taft man of the match performance out there at fullback to get him over the line. And Mark Nichols, the goat as I like to call him, and a lot of people like to call him the Rabbitohs community, um, was fantastic last week, 240 metres, two tries. I think he's going to have another big one uh, with the captaincy on his back this week. So I've got the Rabbitohs by six points um, just because I have no faith in this Dragons team beating anyone at the moment. So I think it's going to end their season extremely um, extremely deflated there for the Dragons. If I'm Anthony Griffin, I'm going to just hand them in the, in the offseason and really put them for the ringer and test their resolve and make them have a big preseason heading into 2022 to make up for what they did with the whole barbecue incident earlier this year. All right, two games left of the round and the Sunday action kicks off from 2 p.m. at Seabus Super Stadium when the Gold Coast Titans host the New Zealand Warriors. And really, this game should be on early in the week because the Titans, they need other results to go their way to have a chance 
um, to make the top eight, and they need both the Raiders to lose and the Cronulla Sharks to lose. And if both those teams do lose, then this game becomes all more important because the Gold Coast will have to win by a, uh, a decent margin, uh, depending on what the Cronulla Sharks lose by. But they have given them, given themselves a chance to potentially sneak in and, and steal the last spot away from both the Sharks and the Raiders. Um, they're versing a Warriors team that has had a mixed season, for sure. And, um, you know, it's it's been a huge two years for them. Stuck over Australia. Um, they've got a bunch of guys now that haven't even played over in New Zealand. Uh, RTS, their fearless leaders, left them. So has Lisa and Amar. So... You know, it's been a trying season for him, but I think it's a season that will be remembered as a as a Warriors side that, that never gave up. Nathan Brown's really um, kept them motivated for most of the year. Reese Walsh really emerged this year. So did Sean O'Sullivan. Um, it was a good season by him as well. And Josh Curran um, could potentially be one of the best second roles in the competition in a year or two time because he's just a tireless workhorse that, that always gives 100%. But... The Titans, this game's really... They're, they're playing for everything here, especially if the, the Sharks and the Raiders lose. Um, if it doesn't, this game... If, if one of those teams wins, then this game kind of becomes a little bit pointless. But even if so, um, I think that Holbrook's really going to have the Titans focus on ending their season on a high. It's been extremely disappointing with the Canberra Raiders. They've been the most disappointing team of the season in my book. Um, Tino... Big Tino and, and Dave Fafita really haven't fired like they hoped they would. They both came over in big money, especially Fafita, over a million dollars a year. And um, his influence has been has been minimal, to say the least. I mean, I know he scored some tries, and he seems to be a bit of a flat-track flat bully that really targets weaker opposition. But he has not had the impact that they have desired. Um, Fogarty and Tyrone Peach will be the halves again this week. Ash Taylor looks like he might have played his last game ever as a Gold Coast Titan. Brimson's still injured for this game. Jaden Campbell's been great, and he's been a revelation for him this year. Um, he's playing fullback again, but for me, I really, I really struggle to to know what Gold Coast Titans team's going to show up every week. The the Titans that are motivated and ready to get into a fight, or a Titans team that are ready to lie down and and concede so many soft tries. And Holbrook's got such a Big uh, postseason and big preseason coming up next year to get these guys fired up. And even if they do manage to sneak into the eight, I don't think they're a side that can do much damage. And I'm just extremely disappointed with how they went this year because on paper, this Gold Coast Titan should be a lot more successful than it has been. Um, and we know in this game in particular that the Warriors forward pack can get tired quickly and um, they kind of float in and out of games themselves. But even if their season's on the line here, even if both the Sharks and the Raiders lose their respective matches... I actually think the Warriors are a giant chance. I think they're paying $4 to win this game, and I think they're going to be ready and fired up um, to end their season on a positive before they go back home to New Zealand, a lot of these guys. And, you know, I think that uh, Sean O'Sullivan, Chenel Harris-DeVita, and Reese Walsh, I think it's a good combination to end the year. And I think that uh, Matt Lodge has been a good addition for Noah Blake's playing again this week. I just think they've got more firepower than this Gold Coast Titans side do. So I've got the, uh, the Warriors in this game by 10 points, and I think that... It'll be heartbreaking if the Titans are, are playing for their uh, final spot and they they don't show up in this contest and lose it. But I can see that happening if both the Raiders and the Sharks lose because this Gold Coast Titans team is so inconsistent and too inconsistent to tip when they've got any sort of pressure on them. I've got the Warriors by 10 points in this, in this game and I think they'll end both these team seasons. Right, we're into the final game of the regular season now and can you get a worse regular season game than this to end the year? It's the West Tigers versus the Canterbury Bulldogs from 4.05pm at Morton Daly Stadium. Both teams don't really have much to play for. It's the end of the season. 
for both of them, and it's been a horrible year for both teams. They're probably out just to end their season as quickly as possible and in the best way possible. And if you're going to miss one game for the whole season, miss this game because this is going to be a train wreck. Michael Maguire's tales from Thailand uh, season. He's been trying to get these guys fired up all year. It's completely failed. I think the only bright spots for the Tigers season, in my opinion, has been the form of Adam Dewey, D, uh, Dane Laurie, and Big Stefano Okamadu. They've all been fantastic. The rest of the team um, don't seem to have a heart or a desire for anything. And, man, I just think this Tigers team is in such a bad shape at the moment. It's going to take years to get out of it. And I don't know if Michael Maguire is going to be around long enough to do it. And I think he's a great coach. And I think it's a shame what's happened up there this year. But it's just in such a such a bad place at the moment, the club, that they need something bigger than Jackson Hastings next year coming in and, and saving them, in my opinion. Um and I think Hastings could do a job, good job for him. Don't get me wrong, but this Tigers team is is all over the place, and I just don't know how you fix that mess. And then you look at the Bulldogs, and they've won two games this year. Trent Barrett came into the side, and he knew he had a big job on his hand to turn around. I don't know if he knew how big a job he had in his hand. They competed last week against Manly, and it was a good performance. They usually compete um, and try their best every game, but they're just lacking any potency in attack. Um, their defence, while they work hard a lot of the times, they seem to drop off. They just don't have the X-factor that a lot of teams do at the moment. It will be helped next year. They get the likes of Tamita Vengai Jr., Matt Burden, who's going to be a huge signing for them, and Josh Adokar in with like Naden and Matt Dusty, a couple of other signings as well for them. But it's going to be a long road to success. And while they could be competing for a final spot next year, this year is going to be looked back at a complete and utter failure. And when I was growing up, I... As a Rabbitohs supporter, I watched the entire South City Rabbitohs 2006 season where we won three games, and I said, wow, I don't know if you're going to get a worse uh, rugby league team than this. Uh, then the Newcastle Knights came along in, in the 2015 kind of era, and they won a, one game, I believe, that year and struggled the next couple of years. And, you know, it was a tough kind of era for them, and this Bulldogs team seems to be of similar value. And while they fight hard, they just completely outclassed at each and every turn, and they're versus a Tigers team this week that are terrible, and I just don't know who's going to win this game because both teams are pathetic, uh, and both teams need a big preseason. I've actually got more hope for the Bulldogs in 2022 than I do for the Tigers with all their key signings that the, the Bulldogs have made. The Tigers are just... You never know what you're going to get. I'm, I guess I'm going to tip the Tigers in this game by four points, but thank God both these seasons are ending uh, miserably, but they're getting put out of their misery because... Man, it's been a disastrous year for both the Tigers and the Bulldogs. I've got the Tigers by four points. Hopefully it doesn't go to Golden Point. Don't make our pain go any longer, please, the footy gods. Don't don't, don't wish that on us. But uh, I've got the Tigers by four points, and that's the end of both of these team seasons. All right, those are my tips for the final round of the regular season. Just to recap, on Thursday night, I've got the Raiders upsetting the Sydney Roosters and keeping their season alive. On uh, Friday night, I've got the Storm beating the Sharks, which unfortunately will end Cronulla's season with the Raiders' victory on the Thursday night. In the second game, we've got Penrith beating the Eels. Um, Super Saturday games, we've got Newcastle being too strong for Brisbane. Merely cementing their top four spot with a win over the North Queensland Cowboys. And the young guns of South Sydney uh, beating this barbecue gate dragon side. On the Sunday games, I've got the Warriors upsetting the Titans and the Tigers ending their season on some sort of a positive note with a win over the Canterbury Bulldogs. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show next week. As I said, I'm going to be back next week. I'm going to be talking plenty of football. The finals are here upon us. If you're looking for an upset this week, I'd go towards the uh, the Raiders tonight. 
I think they're a huge chance, and I think they're great value at $2. I think the Warriors aren't bad as well at $3.75 or $4, whatever they're paying. Um, but I want to thank everybody again that's listened this year. It's been a huge um, journey for me in these last two years. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, and I'll see you guys next week for finals week one. Get ready. Um, it's going to be a big, big show, uh, just like this week were. And, man, who knows? Anything can happen when it comes to finals footy. Enjoy the last regular round of the season, and I'll see you guys next week for Steve's and our all footy tips.